The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters podcast. We're very excited about uh, sharing with you some of the most profound but yet simple truths that are available from the Word of God. When I first came into reality of this message, it shook really every aspect of my life because I bought into the external, internal message so much so that it pulled me to, I think, the very bottom of the barrel of it. And I think the reason why which is why a couple of my mentors said you have to write this autobiography. But your autobiography needs to be written in and around all of these lessons in your workbook. And that's what has been done. And in the beginning of my life, I was born into a bubble, was in that bubble for about five years. And I have memories that formed in me, which your very first memories formed in you actually sets the precedent of your flesh. If you're used to hearing arguing in the womb and your infant years and, and the state of your parents, you know, was unrest when you start having formation in your mind as a child, that sets the precedent of your flesh. So when we get to the my flesh teaching, Keep in mind that that's where it starts. It'll form everything, your theology and whatever. Now, Satan knows that. So the critical period of in the womb, in the infant, and then the formation period is critical for him. So being in this bubble and having memories of my mother trying to touch me through rubber gloves that were in the tent... My first human touch was through external. So it was not personal, it was not warm, it was not bonding, even though I'm sure drove my mother crazy that she could not give me that type of affection. There was the formation of my flesh. External to internal, but nobody gets in my bubble. There you have the precedent. So all the way through my childhood, I could tell you endless stories and will in my autobiography, all the way through my childhood into my adult years and the stuff I've experienced with politicians to ministers to ministries to churches, the rejection, all the stuff. I'm telling you, my life is bred in and around all of these teachings you're getting today, i.e. why the challenge to write a book the same way. So being in that bubble boy mentality, my flesh pattern is I have a bubble boy flesh. If I am put in the position of having to defend my bubble, you're going to hear about it. And you better pray I I don't step into my flesh. Because it's wicked. Now I know everyone's is. But I'm, I'm telling you that hands through the gloves thing set the precedent 
of saying, I'll deal with you externally, but there's no coming in my bubble. My safest place is, guess what? And loneliness. Well, I come to discover that there are many indwell believers walking around on the face of the earth that have the exact same thing. They didn't need to be allergic to the environment. And so I knew that there was a satanic attraction to loneliness and isolation. And that was a tough thing to deal with. When people say, you're untouchable, you're this, all the labels that kind of come with this bubble boy syndrome that I'm talking about, I don't care what you believe, but just don't come in the bubble. We got a situation on our hands here, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let's put a plan together. And that's what I want to share with you right now. So internal, external is a pretty big piece because it's idolatry. I'll give it that. My bubble is idolatry. Replaces God. But the fact is that it's linking into rejection and it's about to link into something that's even more dangerous. So internal, external, here is our bottom line. External, internal is an individual attempting to gain love, acceptance, and significance from external resources. He said, well, seriously, how can that happen? Well, I love my horse. I love my car. I love my job. What, what are we saying? I got my job. I got my horse. I got my marriage. I got my... That's what we're saying. God is love. We're confessing to idolatry. God with a little g. So it is possible to gain or attempt to gain love, acceptance, and significance from external resources. Since Godship sets up self-rule, the individual works to turn negative, external, into positive ones by making use of self-effort. Let me show you how it works. Our purpose statement is saying, into all Christians need to be delivered from the deception that life is found externally in things or people or in Christian service. If believers do not know what external things or people that motivate them to change by self-effort, they cannot yield those idols to Christ. That's the simple bottom line. How can you yield something to Christ that you've never taken ownership of? We call that in discipleship a duh. So therefore, we unpack things for them. And the danger of unpacking things for people is, well, that's your opinion. And so your opinion's working for you? Why are you in counseling? Why are you asking for help when you're the God of your own universe? 
So let's talk about external and internal in regard to looking at our diagram. In the middle of this diagram, us having, you know, Steve's crown of self-rule. I am the king of my own life. I'm at the center of my bubble. This is my world. This is my life. This is mine. And don't mess with it. And so these external things come in and start to pop this bubble. Because I make a rotten God, some of these positives turn into negatives. And they, what they're doing is popping my bubble. Which is obviously where they got that phrase. And so they're coming in and it's poking, 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 poking until there is this explosion and you're exposed. So the fear of being exposed being the number one thing that pops up in counseling. So if you have a fear of being exposed, the games kick in. See how it goes? You try to turn these negative things into pluses because you won't, don't want them negative because if they're negative, they're going to mess you up. So you try to do, 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 do to get the job to be what you want it to be. The you know, money you try to save, get on a budget and you know, do, do, do. To, and you work and work and work and try to turn all those negative ones into positive. And you see, all God has got to do is turn the coin over. And it's all negative again. Then we really feel exhausted. And the cycle begins. So a lot of times these external things, because you spend so much time, money, and effort in these external things, they become idols. Replacements. Try to get life out of your marriage. Try to get life out of your job. I love my job. Really? I love my... And then you fill in the blank. It's a confession of idolatry. When we look at the doing Christian diagram, which is our next diagram, we have something very simple here. You got, you know, Steve in his crown, self-rule. I'm the king of my own life. I'm the god of my own ship. I am the great I am. Which is the final confession we're going to learn in a later lesson. I am the I am. You are literally stealing the greatest name of God. When you say, I am a carpenter. I am a preacher. I am a PhD. I am You see, God said to Moses, was I am the I am. In other words, I am all identities. I'm all of them. So don't use it. That was after Moses asking for his name. Why didn't he just say Father, you know, Jehovah, Yahweh, there's a bunch of them. No, he says, I am the I am. In other words, why are you asking this ridiculous question? I am in the Hebrew is his identity. In other words, just accept the fact that I am. 
all the identities. And we're good. Never told him his name. That'll mess with your mind if you think about it. So here you have this self-ruled person, you know, and been working and working and working to try to turn these negative things into pluses. And so the process that we find most often in the church today is this particular diagram. They start doing Sunday school classes and they start leading Bible studies and they it's not because of releasing the flow of the Holy Spirit through you. It's for the purpose of doing to get. Not doing to be or being to do. It's doing to get. You want the pastor to come up and go, good job. Thank you. Or a friend or whatever. It's doing to get. Look, I'm God here. I'm the king. I've got my self-rule thing going here, and I do a lot of work in this church and in this ministry. How about a free lunch? And if they don't get their compliments, they go shopping. Church shopping. That's how it works. If you don't give me the compliments I want, I don't want you. That's the bottom line statement. Happens in marriages. Happens in ministries, churches. You don't give me what I want, then hey, I'm moving on to find someone who does. So what they do is when they get in trouble is they end up with this everything but God thing. They go to worldly counselors. They, they do the food, drug, and external thing. They try to figure it out with their own thinking. They turn external self-help resources into figuring it out. And, then you know, you think about the ridiculousness of counseling. Think about this. Now, I've been in the counseling world for a very long time. Dr. Charles Solomon, who is my mentor, is the father of Christian counseling. It's his label in the history books. This man was the very first to come out and actually create a model for Christians to use in a counseling model called spiritual therapy. It's why that video is there, showing the importance of church history and the topic we're talking about. Counseling is so incredibly ridiculous to have a person pay to come in and hear their own thoughts. I'm paying 90 bucks for a 55-minute hour. I don't know where we got that one. I'm paying 90 bucks for a 55-minute hour. I got evaluated by a team in, in Phoenix before we opened our, our marble floor ministry office. And he wanted to take me through the psychological evaluation thing, evaluating my skills and blah, blah, blah. So I did, their little dog and pony show. And a week later, you know, he comes into my office, says, well, we got the results back. And I said, what am I worth? He says, you're worth 250 an hour. And so I said, well, what do you think I should be charging? He goes, 250. Now here's a speaker who gets $10,000 an hour. So I'm a cheapie. That's how he put it. 
So we agreed on 120 an hour. And it was kind of the worst time of our ministry, really. But you pay all this money to hear yourself talk. So here's what we do. We have you come in and we have you sit down. Maybe you'll get a free cup of coffee. Maybe. And you sit down there and, you know, this trained counselor is sitting there with you. And they're instructed through their training to get you to talk. That's it. Self. Discovery. They want you to come to the answers. So you talk and you talk and you talk and they ask questions like, well, wow, what does that mean? Well, wow, what are you going to do with that? Well, that really, good, that, that really sounds good. How do you feel about that? I learned five feedback questions in undergraduate psychology that they said would make you rich. I'm like, there's something wrong with this. I take it back to Chuck and he'd go, no. No, that's not how it works. But that's the model today. You pay all this money to have you think about it and come back in the next week and share the conclusion with your counselor who just draws out a little more stuff by saying, well, how do you feel about it? What do you plan to do with that? If you switch it where someone's coming in free and they sit down and the disciples listening very carefully for the lies and the disciples writing the lies down. That doesn't take therapy and a PhD. It takes someone who loves you and wants the lies out of your life. And he's just writing all the lies. And they say, are you like ready for me to combat these lies in your life? I mean, I'm just asking. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, call me when you're ready. But I pay you, a oh, I guess I don't pay you 90. It's a whole new regime. Jesus said, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You think Jesus is going to chase you around? You don't know the Jesus I know. He says, you come to me when you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Now we chase them down. And if we don't, we're unloving and uncaring. Well, Jesus knew the simple truth. No one's going to listen to you anyway. Unless you're desperate. Discipling the desperate. It's the title of one of my dad's books. So they'll do the everything but, but God kind of thing. And in reality, God doesn't need a therapy session with you. If, he, if you remember when Satan made his ultimate sin, there was no 40 hours of therapy. There was simply get out. You got to remember, he was perfect in knowledge, perfect in beauty, perfect in every way. That's quote unquote. And God said, get out. See, God knew that his heart had already turned bad. It wasn't about the words or his actions. He knew that the heart hardened. He said, get out. You're going to infect everyone else. Take your whole third of your angels with you. 
I rename both of you. You're going to be called Satan and they're going to be called demons. Get out. There was no redemption for hardness of heart because anyone knows you can't soften a hard heart unless there's a miracle. And that's the basis we got to function on. So this needs to really lead us to Christ in you. And the only way to deal with the Christ in you, to be released in you, so you can have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is to have this crown taken off, which is infrastructure, and laid at the feet of Jesus. And self-rule needs to turn into Christ-rule. Jesus does not live inside this person. This is a bit pointless for you to listen to. So at lunchtime, I like to challenge people to go get saved. You don't need to come to the front of the room. You don't need to cry and weep in front of anyone. You need to take what you heard here this morning and you need to go away and you need to go, God, I I am under conviction. I'm not one of these indwelt believers. You see, if you're able to acknowledge that and humble yourself and come to that point, probably a good chance you need to pray. And then in the afternoon when it's everything about victory, 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 victory all through the afternoon... You're really going to enjoy it. But see, it's pointless to talk about this, what you're looking at right now, this diagram, Christ in you, being released through you in spite of the negative externals in your life. Christ is shining out brightly through those things because he lives in you. But isn't it a bit pointless? There's no cross life inside you. What do you have? I'll tell you what you have. You have to go back and live in the first diagram. I am God. I am the I am. Go be God. Quickly. Get going. Don't hang out with me. I don't want to deal with that storm. Well, the truth is we do have to and be with them so that when they do get it, They come back with, here's my conclusion. I'm not one of them. Wasn't that testimony of a recent young man that Steve was sharing with me about? I thought I was and came to this conclusion I was not. But I'm telling you today, I am. Those are stories I hold dear. Because my mission is to the Laodicea church. It's my mission. There are others that have missions of evangelism to an unsaved world who agrees they're unsaved, but not me. God puts me in front of people that think they're Christian because they've memorized the Bible. Or Sunday school class. Or they've got a position in the church. As Pastor Ken said to me this morning, he says, you know, I think one of the first things we need to do is get rid of these buildings. I said, yeah, we need to be tree setters. We need to sit under the trees again, which are house churches. Because the buildings remind us of what the church really isn't. So we have to keep the building shape. 
while the deterioration of the people in the church happens every day. Here's our bottom line. External, internal is an individual attempting to gain love, acceptance, and significance from external resources, which, as we just learned, is idolatry. Since Godship sets up self-rule, the individual works to turn negative externals into positive ones by making use of self-effort. If you just take that piece, write it on a piece of paper, stick it in your Bible, and every once in a while just pull it out when you feel an external rubbing up against you. These bottom line slides, Lord had me put them in at the last moment. You say it, you teach it, you say it again. These bottom lines is what we need to walk away with. The stuff in between is the meat, yes. But typically we don't remember it. Because seriously, I think the Gen Z's got it right. What did the guy say in the last three minutes? And this is it, the bottom lines. I would write those out, stick them in your Bible, just occasionally, like when you're acting up in your little gotcha world. Pull that one out and go, yeah, that's right. So that you are reminded very quickly of what's going on. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.